I can remember it very vividly. We had just had dinner with my parents living in Denver at the time, and Lori and I headed out the door. We got in the car, and Lori said, I have a voicemail, and we should probably listen to it. Now, the number was somewhat familiar to us, but we didn't know what the call was all about. And so Lori started the voicemail, and we sat there quietly as the voice of our caseworker, Sarah, came on the line and said, hey, Brian and Lori, uh, we want to let you know that you have been chosen by a birth mom, and you're going to have a little baby boy sometime soon. It was the best news I'd ever received. Uh, I remember two years later, we were sitting in a parking lot uh, on Lori's birthday, and I I don't even remember what I got for a present, because whatever I got for a present wasn't as good as the phone call we got that day from our caseworker again saying, this time, uh, you're going to have a little girl. Life-altering moments for us in our adoption story, five years of infertility leading up to those points, and they were moments of great joy. Here's the question I have for you this morning. What is the best news that you've ever received? What is the best news that you have ever received? Uh, For some of you, It was uh, that you're approved for the loan. Some of you have heard that recently. You're like, I can finally buy a house. And then you looked at the housing prices in Bozeman and you're like, maybe not, right? You're approved for the loan. Uh, Maybe for some of you, uh, you received the news that you were pregnant. You thought, oh, this is going to change everything. I'm, I'm pregnant. Maybe uh, the greatest news you've ever heard was when You got down on one knee and she said yes. And you were like, how did that happen? The best news you could have received. Maybe it was you got the job. Maybe it was uh, you were accepted to Montana State University. And that has changed everything for you. What's the best news that you have ever received? You're online. Go ahead and type that into the chat if you're on site, just think about what was the best news? But you've got a short list of things that you would say were the best news in your life. And then a secondary question is this. What impact did that have on your life? What impact did that news have on your life? Like, How did that change things for you? For Lori and I, flipped our world upside down because I was a really, really good parent really good until I had kids. I was like the best parent I've ever known. And then I had kids. Some of you, that news, it changed everything for you. For those of you who said, man, my best news was when she said yes. And you you picked a date. You picked a place. You tried to get a pastor who would do that uh, wedding for you. You had to pick out things like napkins and and cutlery, and you're like, this is just the beginning, and it, it changed everything for you. And, and you woke up the next day going, oh, you're still here. Okay, all right. Maybe for you, you received the news that you got that job, 
and you had to move across the country. You had to sell your home. You had to go buy a, a new one for, for you Montana State University students when you heard the news that you were accepted into Montana State. Many of you left your homes, left all that you knew growing up. You moved here to Bozeman, Montana and wondered how things would go. It had an impact on your life. See, the good news in our life, it has a tangible impact in our lives. Our lives are different when we receive really good news. Our, our lives are also different when we receive really bad news. Isn't that true? Like, like if I said to you, what's the worst news you've ever received? Some of you would be able to come up with that quicker than the best news you've ever received. So, some of you would go, man, I, I, it just seems like there's lots and lots and lots of bad news around me. News has an impact on us. And I don't know if you've been paying attention, but like news like got more important lately or it got more attention lately. Bad news, uh, I'll say it this way, news that was less than trustworthy, um, news that you didn't know if you could believe or not. News, news has become an interesting thing, hasn't it? Uh, and, and here's what I want to encourage you in this morning. There's plenty of bad news around us. You don't have to look very long to find some bad news. I, I went on my phone this morning for five minutes and I found a whole lot of bad news because bad news sells. Bad news sells. But I don't want us to dwell on bad news today. Uh, I also... I also don't want us to dwell on our opinions on whether news is true or false. I don't want us to think about that either. What I want us to do is, I want us not to settle. Because I want to talk about good news, but, but I don't want us to settle for just some good news. That's the problem. When you've got all this news stuff going on, sometimes what we do is we just settle for some good news. Just settle for some good news. I don't want you to settle for some good news. I don't think Jesus wants you, if you're following after him, I don't think he wants you to settle for some good news. During COVID, in particular during uh, most of the country was that stay-at-home order, there was a TV show that showed up on YouTube with a guy named John Krasinski called Some Good News. Did you see this program? It's John Krasinski. Maybe you're like, oh, I saw him on The Office. It's Jim. Yeah, it's Jim from The Office. He has a real name. His name is John Krasinski, okay? All right? He had this show called Some Good News. He used an iPhone in his office to film this during uh, COVID and stay at home to bring people some good news. Uh, he had stories like, man throws ball over house and catches it in hula hoop on other side. And he had a video of it, really, truly. Inspiring stories about neighbors loving neighbors, people caring for other people, small bits of good news because it seemed like the world around us had gone mad and there was just bad news. And so John Krasinski said, I wanna bring some good news into this world. I don't think some good news is bad. I just don't want you to settle for it. Alexa also brought some good news. I got this little Amazon show thing in my office 
And, and every once in a while, I don't know if you've got one of these, but it, it pops up and it says, ask Alexa if you want to hear some good news. It says it on the screen. It's crazy to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, Alexa, I want some good news. Here, here, here is the title of the sermon. Do better than John Krasinski and Alexa, okay? Do better than John Krasinski and Alexa. Don't settle for just some good news, something that makes you feel momentarily happy. Don't settle for that. We, we have more than that in our story. We have more than that in our story. We don't just have some good news. I want to, figured it was October, might as well go with a Christmas passage. You're with me, okay. <laughs> Luke chapter two, Luke chapter two. I wanna start at verse nine and give you a little context, okay? Jesus is being born in Bethlehem to Joseph and Mary. Even if you haven't been around the church very long, you've heard this story. And in the dark of the night, the shepherds, the lowliest of people, the people you would, uh, who you would not expect for uh, someone to show up and declare good news to, they're out in their field. And then this is what happens. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, or you could say the Christ, that's not Jesus' middle name, by the way. Some of you are like, that's Jesus' middle name. No, it's not. Okay, we'll get there. He is Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, the Lord. Here's what I want to do with our time together. I want to study through this passage, and I want to see something better than some good news. I want to see something better than some good news. What I want to see is the good news. The good news. Because the gospel is not some good news. The gospel is the good news. The gospel, the good news is the good news. Not some good news, not a little bit of good news. It is the good news and it should change everything for us. So I wanna pick this apart together. I wanna start with this. The angel shows up. And man, I would love to see an angel someday, but I don't like the reaction they usually get, right? Most of, most of the reaction is terrified, okay? So angels show up, the shepherds are terrified, and what did the angels say? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. The gospel is the good news. Part of this is, do not be afraid. We live in a time when fear seems to be all around us as well. Uh, I think there's three uns uh, in fear lately, and I want to unpack those. Number one, I think, I think we're afraid of the unknown. Here's what I learned in the past uh, year and a half, two years. I don't know as much as I thought I did. I don't. 
Like humbly, I, 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 I'm like, oh man, I don't know what I don't know sometimes. Like, and I feel, I feel reasonably competent in how much I read and how much I research. Uh, like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel like I'm, like I'm not doing my work, but I'll tell you what, I learned that I, I don't know some things. And I think we're fearful of that. I think we are fearful of the unknown. I, I think the world around us is unknown. Oh, like, kids, can I talk to you for, for a few minutes? You remember, you remember that first day of school every single year? And you're like, I don't know what's gonna happen this year, right? And I don't know how my teacher's gonna be. And I don't know how my, like that, that Johnny used to be my friend, but I don't know, it was a rough summer. Fear of the unknown. Can I tell you a secret, kids? Your parents think just the same way. They just pretend better than you. They do. It's true. It's true. We have a sincere fear of the unknown. And what we've learned recently is that we know less than we think we know. And those who are pretending that they actually know, you know what? They don't know. They don't know. And that unknown is scary. It's something we're afraid uh, but the angel says, don't be afraid. In that moment for the shepherds, there was a bunch of unknown. There was also a lot of uncertainty. The world around the shepherds at that time was, uh, we, we talked about this last Christmas, was unstable. Uh, it was uncertain. They, they didn't know what was going to happen to them. Have you learned what uncertainty looks like? One of the news articles that I read this morning was about cryptocurrency and, and inflation, and it was just fear, 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 all of uncertainty. Like, do you know what's going to happen by next year with the finances of the world and America? Anybody? Like, you know? Do you, do, really? You don't know. Like, let's be honest, you don't know. Maybe you've got some inklings. Maybe, you're, maybe you are a little more savvy than the rest of us, but we're, we're afraid of uncertainty. We're afraid of uncertainty. Some people have said, hey, like, when are you gonna build? When's this project gonna start? I mean, these are kind of uncertain times. A lot of fear there, right? Uh, they were uncertain times for the shepherds as well. We, we don't know what's coming tomorrow. Our life is uncertain, we're also afraid, and I think this one has to hit us a little harder. We're afraid of uh, being uncomfortable. I, I, I honestly think that we need to be really honest with the fact that we like our lives comfortable. In fact, some of us came to Jesus, like we said, I'm gonna start going to church and follow after Jesus because we thought Jesus was gonna make our life more comfortable. Can I just tell you, he's not. He's not gonna do that for you. And, and I'll be honest with you, a lot of people leave faith when it is uncomfortable. When they say, well, I don't, I don't like that. I don't, that doesn't make sense to me. I don't, I, don't, I don't like what Jesus said there. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna maybe like black that out or cut that out of my Bible. I'm gonna ignore that passage because that passage makes me uncomfortable. Like loving your enemies, I don't like that one. I don't like it. See, good news faces our fear. Straight in the eye. The angels come not to make everything peaceful and wonderful and, oh, it's gonna be great, it's gonna be amazing. No, listen. No, no, no. Like, the Savior 
the end of the story, he's put on a cross. That's how it works, guys. That's what we worship, okay? He gets put on a cross as part of the story. Like it doesn't suddenly become like this, oh, I, I can, now I can be comfortable, now I can be certain. Now, everything, everything's, gonna be, everything's gonna be perfect. No, 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 listen. The angel says, do not be afraid. And this is for us. This is for us, church. Do not be afraid. In the midst of the unknown, in the midst of uncertainty, in the, in the midst of the chaos of the world around you and maybe the world right within your house, do not be afraid. It says in the Bible 365 times, do not be afraid. Do you think that's an accident? Because I don't. There's 365 days in the year. Jesus like, wake up, look in the mirror, say, don't be afraid. This is good news. This is good news. You don't have to be afraid. The gospel begins by telling us not to be afraid. So the angel says, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. So let's start with good news, okay? Good news in Greek uh, means euangelion. That was just so that you know I, go to se- I went to seminary, okay? <laughs> euangelion. It means uh, uh, evangelism. It's where we get the word evangelism from. So, so evangelize is to share the good news. It's to, it's to preach the good news. That's what it means to evangelize. Right now, I'm evangelizing to you. I'm telling you there is good news. I haven't gotten to the really, really good stuff yet, but I'm getting there, I promise, okay? So I'm telling you the good news. We're, we're an evangelistic church. We want everyone to hear the good news. The word gospel itself means good news. It needs to be proclaimed. It needs to be told. It doesn't need to be hidden. We don't need to hide out. We need to tell it to others. It's meant to be shared. It's like the old, the old time, like extra, extra, read all about it, right? The kid on the corner. Maybe you remember that, maybe you don't. I don't, but anyway, seen it in a movie. Where you share the good news. You proclaim the good news. You make sure that that good news gets out there. The good news of great joy. Of great joy. So I want to be really uh, respectful and gentle in this, but I want to say this. I grew up in the church, and some of you did too. And I hate to say it, but I didn't experience much joy. Like, I wonder, especially if you're not a Christian in the room or, or online, I wonder if we asked you really honestly, do you know Christians who seem to be filled with joy, how they would answer? I grew up in churches where like you had to do your quiet time, which kind of sounded like time out, but like holy, I don't know. It's like, it's confusing to me, right? And you had to be reverent before the Lord. And, and, and the, even the way we said Lord was like there was a W and a weird U and Lord, right? Like it was serious. And God was serious and like, Hell is hot and forever's a long time, so get right with God, right? I'm serious, like, there wasn't a lot of joy. And for a long time, I thought, man, it's just, I don't like that because I'm happy. That's me. Like, I like, I like being happy. I, I honestly, guys, I don't think that that's true. I just think I grew up in, in a lot of churches that didn't have much joy. And that's because I think as Christians, sometimes we struggle with joy, 
And I'm not talking about happiness here. It's good news of great joy. Like great joy isn't, it's not happiness. It's not, it's not a temporal, emotional experience based upon your circumstances. That's what happiness is. Happiness is a temporal, emotional experience based upon your circumstances. That's what happiness is. Joy is something deeper than that. Joy is something that you can live into even on the darkest day. Even when things are at their hardest, you can find joy. Let let me pose it to you this way. C.S. Lewis gave us a great example of this. Imagine, C.S. Lewis said, you go inside a tool shed. And the tool shed, it doesn't have a light switch. It doesn't have a light. But imagine that the tool shed has a hole. Uh, up kind of in the corner, just like a hole, maybe a bird made it or something. And, and through that hole, there's, there's just a beam of light coming through. There's a beam of light coming through into that tool shed. And so you can look around that tool shed and you can go, oh, it's a little bit illuminated and I can see the shovel. Wow, it's a shovel. I love shovels. Maybe I'm gonna go do something with that shovel. But while you're in there, suddenly the light starts to move and you can't see the shovel anymore. And you're like, I can't see the shovel. I'm so disappointed. But now I can see the mower, right? And you get excited about the mower because you can see the mower. C.S. Lewis says that's what happiness is. All you can see is what's illuminated in front of you. But But here's what joy is. Joy is when you look at that beam of light, you look out of that hole in the side of the tool shed and you see the world beyond. You see leaves and and you see trees and you see a creation that is outside of the tool shed. So you step outside of that tool shed and you realize that there is a sun and that sun is illuminating everything and you live under that sun. You don't live under the little beam of light coming through the tool shed, lighting up this and lighting up that. You step outside of that, and you live under the banner of the goodness and the grace of God, the illumination of God himself. That is joy. The difference between happiness and joy. The angel brings good news, gospel, of great joy for who? All the people, for everyone, for everyone. That means the gospel is available for everyone. Here's what that doesn't mean. It doesn't mean everybody's gonna accept it. It doesn't mean everyone is going to embrace it, receive it, pursue it, respond to it. But what it does mean is it's available to everyone and that we should be making it available to everyone. Like, okay, take an inventory. So around 100,000 people in the Gallatin Valley area, okay? Which one of them does God not want to save? Some of you are like, I know one guy. (laughs) Hey now, okay, right? Okay. Church, our mission, and this isn't just Journey's mission, by the way. This is the mission of the church, all the churches, is to share the good news of great joy with all 
people. I'm gonna tell you this, I will not be satisfied and no pastor should ever be satisfied and you shouldn't be satisfied until every single person Everyone has had the opportunity to hear the good news of great joy, which will transform their life. You shouldn't be satisfied. It should break your heart that some of your neighbors have never heard about Jesus. Or maybe they heard about him, but it was like a bad version of him. It should break your heart. It should make you wake up in the morning with great joy in your life because you got the good news and you want to share the good news because news isn't news unless you tell it to somebody else. And we will not be satisfied until everyone hears the gospel, hears the good news of great joy for all of the people. So I want to keep going. I want to get more specific about this. I want to talk about, okay, get to the good stuff. What, what, what is the gospel all about? This is the good news of great joy for all the people. For today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah or Christ, the Lord. Okay, we're getting to the really good stuff here. So so here it is, the gospel for everyone. Jesus is Savior, Christ, and Lord. The gospel for everyone simplified is this. Jesus is Savior, Christ, and Lord. Savior. He saves us. When the angel showed up to Mary and Joseph, they said, name him Jesus because he will save his people. You have to understand that you need to be saved. Like if you don't think you need to be saved, then you don't need Jesus. If you think you got it, you don't need Jesus. If you can't admit that you have something broken deep with inside of you that you cannot fix on your own, then you don't need Jesus because Jesus is Savior. He's the one who saves us and we need to be saved. We need to be saved. This is good news because listen, a lot of you live like saving yourself is your job. That's not good news. That's bad news. You can't save yourself. Like, you're the problem, okay? Like, you are, you're the problem. Like, I've said it before, I'll say it again. You're not a very good God. Ask your neighbor, ask your spouse, ask your kid, right? You're not very good at it. It doesn't fit your job description. That's, it is bad news if you're like, I gotta save myself. And a lot of us live like that, you guys. Like, we live like that, we, Let's admit it, even as Christians, we say, I'm gonna come to Jesus and then the rest of the week, I'm gonna live like I'm gonna save myself. You can't save yourself, you need a savior. Jesus is our savior. The boat is sinking. Like, that's how it works, guys. There's holes in the boat and we're all on it and it's sinking and we need somebody to save us. And only Jesus can save us. That should be good news. You don't have to do the saving. You're not the hero. You don't need to be the hero. Some of you are like, I like being the hero. You're not that good of a hero. But there is one who is. 
And his name is Jesus. He is a hero of all heroes. He is the one who saves us from sin, from death, from mostly ourselves. He saves us. He is also Messiah or Christ. He is the Christ, the Messiah, the one that is foretold throughout the Old Testament. What this word actually entails is that he's the anointed one. And the anointed one means this, uh, both prophets, priests, and kings were anointed with oils. They were anointed and set apart to do special things on behalf of God. So the prophets, they were the voice piece of God. They spoke on behalf of God. The priests were the ones who offered sacrifices on behalf of the people. And the kings were the ones who ruled. And they were all anointed, like David. King David was anointed to be king, right? The prophets of old were anointed to be prophets of old. And and can I just say this? You're not anointed. I know, I know there's some charismatic folks in here that are like, okay, Brian, be careful. Be careful where you're stepping. I'm like, no, listen. There's an anointed one. His name is Jesus. Some people are super gifted, super called. But listen, there's only one anointed one. The anointed one, Jesus. Do you know why that's good news? You don't have to live like you're the anointed one. You're not very good at it. I'm not very good at it. I, I, don't, I, I, I don't die for the sins of the world. I'm not the perfect sacrifice for all of these things. I'm not a great king. Ask my wife. It's not very good, okay? Like, I, I'm, not, I'm not the perfect mouthpiece of God. I don't have the pressure on me. Like, like if, if you're like, every once in a while, you don't say things right. Yes, that's true. That's accurate. Like, just because I get up here and have a microphone doesn't mean I say it all right, Right? I trust that the Holy Spirit is guiding you and leading you into all truth and righteousness, okay? I don't have to wear that. Jesus wore that. Jesus still wears that. He is the anointed one. You don't need to be the anointed one. That's good news. He is the, he's the Lord. Lord uh, comes from word kurios, which is like king or the one in charge, the one in control, Okay, how many of you have a problem with a remote control in your house? <laughs> Just let's be honest, okay? I'll raise my hand first, okay? Some of you are like, I'm not raising my hand because I'm in charge of not raising my hand. <laughs> okay, like, you got a problem, okay? So like, you don't need to be in control. You don't need to be in charge. There is a Lord. And his name is Jesus. He set the earth into motion, the cosmos he set into place. He guides and leads our lives. He he allows things to happen that we don't understand why he's allowing that to happen because he sees the whole picture. He's fully trustworthy in being in charge and in control. And I'm not. And neither are you. It's good news. (laughs) Some of us in the room, be honest, some of us in the room live like, live like control freaks. Like, Like we're in charge. 
Like we have to be in control. Like everything lands on our shoulders. But Jesus died on a cross with the shoulders of sin of everyone on him. A weight that you and I cannot bear. A weight that you and I fold under. You, you, don't, you don't have to be in control anymore. You, you don't have to be in charge all the time. There is one who's better at that. And his name is Jesus. He is Savior. He is Messiah and he is Lord. This is the good news. This is the gospel. And so the question is simple for us this morning. Simple but not easy. How will you respond to this gospel? How will you respond to the gospel for everyone? Like I, I want to ask that to you right now, and, and I want to open the door for that throughout this series. We're going to be talking about uh, the gospel for everyone from now all the way until Christmas. So like this was your first Christmas service, okay? So like all the way to Christmas. Because we want you to understand that there is good news upon good news upon good news for you. How will you respond to that? Like some of you need to consider it. Maybe just be open to it for the very first time. Maybe you'd say, I've been, cl- I've been close to this. I'm really tired. I've been wearing the weight of the world on my shoulders. All those things that you just talked about, like those are me. And maybe you need to like wrestle with that. Um, some of you, I think, well, actually we know, some of you have taken your first steps with Jesus in the last 12 months. We're so excited for you. We're so happy. We're so grateful. Not we're happy. We're not happy. We're joyful. We are joyful with you because you have taken that step with Jesus to say, yes, Jesus, I want you to be my savior, my Messiah and my Lord. And some of you need to take the first step in terms of baptism. Our baptism service is coming up on November the 14th. It's one of my favorite services of the entire year. We will share in people's stories You will hear some of your story and other people's stories. You will hear about radical transformation because when good news happens, it makes an impact in our lives. So you'll hear about how that impacted people's lives and we'll get to celebrate what God is doing as he pours grace upon grace on all of these folks. If you've taken your first step with Jesus, but you have not gotten baptized yet, I want you to sign up for that. I want you to sign up and be here on November 14 to be a part of that. Maybe, maybe you've never been baptized and you're like, oh, I've been following Jesus for a while. What are you doing? Like, come on, the water's fine. I only hold you down until you like stop shaking. Then I bring you back up. Deeper the sin, deeper we dunk. That's the jokes, okay. Like, I just wanna invite you into that. That's what we do. We, we die to ourselves and we rise a new creation cleansed of our sin, not because we have to be Lord, because there, but because there is a Lord, not because we have to be Savior, but because there is a Savior. 
So, so maybe that's the step for you. Um, maybe for, for some in the room, we just need to hear this fresh. Because it's gotten old to us. I've heard it a thousand times. And so, yeah, it's the good news. But I keep getting back to this. I got a little less emotional at the first gathering this morning, talking that story about receiving the good news about my kiddos from our caseworker. I got, I got like a little choked up. And I thought, do I still have that within me for the gospel? Like, is that fresh for me? Is that real to me? Or have I taken it for granted? Have I taken my first love for granted? I want to invite some of you back into that first love. Heavenly Father, we thank you for nourishing us. We thank you for this good news that produces great joy for all of us. We thank you for grace, for grace upon grace upon grace. We have failed you this week, and yet you remind us in this meal that we are forgiven. You remind us that we are beloved. Jesus, I pray that we would see you so clearly that our belief would grow and grow and grow. Thank you, Jesus, for good news. Thank you for the good news. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for engaging with this content. If it was encouraging to you, we'd love for you to leave a review. Hit that subscribe button and share this content with others. We'd also love to connect with you. The best place to do that is journeyweb.net. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search Journey Church Bozeman and you'll find us there. If you'd like to give to our ministry, you can do that now at journeyweb.net slash give. Once again, thanks for engaging with Journey Church.